used to wish that I could rewrite history. I used to dream that each mistake could be erased. Then I could just pretend I never knew the me back then. I used to pray that you would take this shame away, hide all the evidence of who I've been. But it's the memory of the place you brought me from that keeps me on my knees. And even though I'm free, heal the wound, believe the scar.
Thank you, Taylor. Good morning. Let's, do we have our Bibles today with us? Amen. Amen. That's good, church. I love that. Uh, let's open our Bibles to the uh, letter to the Romans. Chapter 8. Chapter 8. Verse 31. Beginning verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather who was raised who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as it is written, for thy sake we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered, but in all these things... But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. May God bless his word. You know, uh, these verses I've read, they are fantastic verses. They've always encouraged me and made me feel good to be a Christian. And in these verses... I chose one verse to talk about this morning still. And this is verse 37. Verse 37. There's a lot to talk about there. There's a lot many preachers have preached. I've read so many uh, commentaries about, about these verses. They're great verses. But one, one verse attracted my attention. Verse 37. I like the King James version of that. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. The NLV translation reads, No, despite all these things, 
overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And you can tell now this morning we have a feel-good message today. A feel-good message. Well, we have uh, victory in Christ. Victory in Christ. If you've ever felt defeated in life, Christian, I'm talking to you this morning. If you felt that you are under the weather, if you feeling that you are not living at the potentials that God has given you to live a true Christian with a testimony to honor God, I am going today to hopefully that the word of God, this message, will bring you back to victory over defeat and to live a life worthy of your calling. I'm not going to have uh, an introduction. I'm going to go straight into the message. I would like to share with you four steps toward a victorious life. Four steps. The first one, realize your relationship to Christ. Two, live each moment by faith. Three, admit your dependence on Christ. And last but not least, live a life of love. Now, let's see what we are going to do in 25 minutes here this morning. The first subject, realize your relationship to Christ. Our Lord teaches that yours and mine is a vital relationship to him. Your life and mine and his life are intertwined. And if you will please go back a few uh, pages and open to uh, John chapter 15, the gospel of John chapter 15. I'd like to read a couple of two verses. Two verses. John 15. Verses 4 and 5. The Lord speaking, abide in me. And I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus, as we read, is the main vine from which this victorious life we're going to talk about comes. We are the branches. And through being attached to the vine, we get life. And the life of Christ flows into us. How do we get to be victorious in this case, to have such a relationship 
with threats. One, you must belong to him. You must belong to Christ. Through faith in him, in fact, taking the Lord Jesus as your Savior. There is no relationship to develop with the Lord before this step. This is the first step for any individual to have a relationship with the vine, to have a good relationship with Jesus Christ. The first step is to have faith in him and take him as Savior. Otherwise, do not try to make any other program for your life to be a victorious person, to be a happy person, to be a satisfied person, to live in peace person. There is no way you can go around this. This is the entrance to a good relationship with Jesus Christ. There is no other. You are to know that. And the Lord, what he was talking here, once you do that, you start bringing much fruit. You start getting into the life that I am giving you. And there is one fact here that we need to notice, okay? The Lord intends here to show that fruitfulness is normal for believers. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and have no fruits, stop there and question your salvation. Because every Christian, every believer should bring fruits. And this is the word of God. And an absolutely fruitless life, and this is a true fact, is evidence that that person is an unbeliever. Period. That's the first point. The second one under relationship to Christ, you must abide in him. It's not enough to enter through salvation. You must abide in him. He says in verse 4, abide in me. What's the word abide? Abide, it's to, amen, to continue, to reside in Jesus Christ. You found Jesus Christ, you found rest, you found peace, you found life. Abide in him. It's not only to make a profession of faith. This is good, but it's not enough. You have to abide in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the reason how you have to have a relationship to him. The third point under this, you must honestly maintain an unbroken relationship with him each day. What breaks a relationship? Thank you. Sin. The word, the word calls it difficulties. Sin. What breaks a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Sin. Because he is so pure, he cannot tolerate sin. And if you fall into sin, immediately run. Run to the source and ask forgiveness and continue this unbroken relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We should, uh, we should be careful about our walk, our behavior, our talk, everything that we do, and our thoughts. Remember, we need to be 
on the alert all the time because the devil tries to comes in in many different wicked ways to make to cut this relationship with your savior maintain it no matter what the price is maintain that relationship each day and finally the lord must have the highest priority in your life god comes before anything else you say Adol, he comes before my what yes he comes before your husband yes he should be first he should have the preeminence in your life to have that victorious life to have that unbroken relationship to have you have to put god first in your life and i can tell you stories so many broken homes because god is not first in their lives and what is if you are sitting here now on this beautiful seat and comfortable seat ask yourself have i given the lord the preeminence in my life is he number 1 is not number 2 are your children number 1 is your husband number 1 is your wife number 1 then you are wrong you can quote me with that god should be first in your life and if you're looking and you say my life is in shambles i am a defeated man i'm a defeated woman i will tell you go to the source you have not placed god where he should be the head of the family now realize your relationship to christ this is the first step in having a victorious life our victory with christ when you meet you and i this criteria we will bear fruits and we will have victory over the devil and our lives will be as radiant and victorious as could be this is the remedy are you living a defeated life now check yourself this is all from the word of god it's all from chapter 15 verses 4 and 5 why should you walk around with your head low and defeated let's wake up church and if you are defeated that means Jesus Christ is not number one in your life. For in him we succeed, he says, and without him, without him, he says, you fail. You can do nothing. Did you read it with me? You can do nothing. Second step. Live each moment by faith. Is it possible? Is it possible to live by faith? I'm asking you, church. Is it possible to live by faith? Amen. John says that it is possible for you and me to live a victorious life by faith. He says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Wow, he goes straight into the heart. Our faith. Our faith. But notice the first part of the verse in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, you don't have to open it. Uh, in the first, he flatly states that a Christian whatsoever is born of God can 
and should overcome the world. It's simply a matter of believing. This is what we do. We, do you believe in the word of the Bible? Do, we leave, do, we, do you believe the word of God? If you believe it, you are on the way to achieve living moment by moment through Jesus Christ and by faith. And you might say, Adel, I'm not, I'm not an old Christian. I just was saved. I, I have been, I've seen some uh, defeats in my life. Uh, uh, I've been, uh, I'm not so strong. Let me tell you this. You don't need, it's not necessary for you to live by faith, to be a strong believer or a, law, a, a believer who's been with the Lord for 30 years or 40 years. No, if you know that you have been saved and your faith is in Jesus, then you can overcome any problem through faith in Jesus Christ. Isn't that encouraging? If this is not encouraging, what is? And you can overcome all the problems, all the frustrations that come your way. And do not let the spirit of doubt, the spirit of fear, that when Satan comes and whispers in your ear to defeat you, and don't let this little whispering creep in in your life. Do not do that. Do not let anything trouble you. For God has not given us, it says in the Bible, the spirit of fear, but the power and, uh, but of power and love and a sound mind. For we, be, we live by faith, not by sight. Spurgeon speaks of an evening when he was riding home after a heavy day's work. I like, I, I like this man Spurgeon. He is such a godly man. He was. He felt weary. He felt depressed. Satan started you know, after a, a long day serving the Lord, and we know he is the prince of preachers. And he was thinking about the day, and suddenly a, a spirit of fear gripped him. And he felt like, wow, what's happening? And immediately he heard a voice from the Lord saying, Spurgeon, don't be afraid, my, my, my grace is sufficient for thee. He said, I should think it is the Lord. And burst out laughing. And he said, well, how could I even uh, think of this? Then he gives three precious thoughts for us all. And he writes, it was if some little fish, being very thirsty, was troubled about drinking the river dry. Isn't that a good thought? And the river says, drink away, little fish. My stream is sufficient for thee. That's faith. Then he gives another thought. He says, or if it seems like a little mouse in the granaries of Egypt, after seven years of plenty, fearing it might die of famine, and Joseph might say, cheer up, little mouse, my granaries are sufficient for you. Again, he gives another little thought. I imagine a man away 
up on yonder mountain saying to himself, I fear I shall exhaust the oxygen in the air. <laughs> but the earth might say, breathe away, O man, and fill your lungs ever. My atmosphere is sufficient for you. Don't let the devil defeat you. Don't let anything shake your faith. Because your faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And our faith is with someone who was yesterday. He is today and he is forever. He is the great I am and we will not be shaken by the devil. Do not be defeated. And then he adds a little word here. Little faith will bring our souls to heaven, but great faith will bring heaven to us. Paul, in Galatians 2.20, he says in the latter part of the verse, the life which I now live, the life which I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself for me. And that's your life and my life. It's the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ in us. How can we be defeated? Go and live a victorious life over sin, over self, over the world, and live to honor God first. Well, we finished two points in about 15 minutes. We have two more points. Admit your dependence on Christ. This is a very important. Your dependence should be on Christ. Jesus said, you, the branch, cannot live victoriously apart from me. Is that clear, folks? Is that clear? You, the branch, cannot live victoriously apart from me. How can we live without Jesus? How can people go without Jesus Christ in their lives? How can you leave this place today if you have not been saved, if you haven't taken Jesus Christ as your Savior and say, I am going to live alone? You know what? If he is the vine and if he is the one who gives us all the nutrition in the world, how can I cut my relationship with him and say, I am going to live? I think people are dead without Christ. Not I think this is what the Bible says. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. Without Christ, there is no life. The Bible says in Romans 5, 6, For while we were still without strength, dead, helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. An individual, you and me, cannot live without Jesus Christ a victorious life at all. You say, I'm weak. You say, well, I have no power. Listen, what Paul writes to the Corinthians, my power is perfected in weakness. How about that? How about that weak believer? Don't pretend to be weak and don't accept to stay weak there. Oh, I am weak. I fall into sin. God did not save you to stay in that situation. Get up. Don't surrender to the life of defeat. Don't give in to the devil. Stand up 
and live for him. God never meant for us to be able to live a life of victory in our strength. Forget that. It's not in our strength that we live. He said, the life that I live is by the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is why we should be as branches, always alive, always attached. Do not cut yourself to the vine, main vine, where all the juice comes and runs into all the branches that are attached to it. Depending on Christ is living a surrendered life. Is living a life not of your own. Living a life totally dedicated to him. Knowing that without the Lord, as we read in John 15, we can do nothing. And those people who say we can achieve everything, look at them. Look at them. They're living on Valium. They're living on all kinds of drugs to be able to achieve or pretend achieving anything. And the end of their lives is a disaster. And the end of the life of every Christian is glory. Paul says, without him we can't live. And he writes to the, the uh, he says in the book of Acts, for in him we live and move and exist. And without him, I don't believe those people who are living without Jesus Christ are living, are living, period. We are living. We are living. People without Christ are already dead. But we have life now and we have life eternal. Because we are attached to the grapevine. Now, here's what we can achieve this victory. By total dependence on Jesus Christ. Living victoriously does not depend on what we do. But rather on what we permit Christ to do in our lives. Let me repeat that. Living a victorious life does not depend on what we do, but rather on what we permit Christ to do in our lives. Isn't that true? It's not by doing so many good deeds make us victorious. And so many people say, so I make good deeds. You know, there are so many good deeds. There are so many people. They donate to the church. They go serve meals at St. Anthony in San Francisco. Does it save them? Does it qualify them to be children of God? No. They love to be a good deeds. Good deeds, you know, are good. But before good deeds, you have to have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith leads to good deeds. The good deeds to gain eternal life and faith, nothing. Trust me on that, and this is what the Bible says. You might give to the children's hospital $5,000 a year. Well, you are helping all these children. I appreciate that. It's not going to get you to heaven. It's not going to give you any peace of mind or any peace or eternal life, nothing. You are helping humanity. Don't do that. The entrance into 
a wonderful life, victorious life, is Jesus Christ a savior to you or not? Is he, if he's your savior, go give, give the Lord. I have no problem with that, but don't give to gain eternal life. It won't get you anywhere. It is not by doing things. It's not by running here and giving there and donating there and serving here and serve. It's not by that. Let me tell you what it is by. On the contrary, it is when we decide to relax, throw ourselves in complete surrender to the tender care of the Lord to die for self and totally live in dependence on him. And that is life. Someone said, Christianity is one place where surrender brings victory. Jesus said, his promise said, in the world you shall have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And if he is an overcomer, we know he is. He won the war for us. He won the battle for us. Why should we walk defeated? Because we are refusing to obey his word. Let us gather ourselves together and let's renew our faith in him and throw away world in your life and come to Jesus, surrendering, relaxing at his feet and giving up everything this world has to offer and live for the one who died and saved you and set you free. The fourth word, live a life of love. Someone said we must dare to love in a world that does not know how to love. Live a special kind of love. I'm not talking about the love between, uh, between uh, Jamie and uh, Mike. This is beautiful love from God. But the love that God has given us, he says, love each other. He loved us. Well, he proved his love to us by sending his only begotten son to die on the cross for us. That's the love of God. And that's the love it should be. He died for his enemies. What did he say on the cross of Calvary? He says, forgive them, Father, for they don't know. These were his enemies, what they are doing. He loved them. And he is asking us to love our enemies. Live a life of love. You know, a person who loves, a person who is totally dependent on God, a person who knows where he stands vis-a-vis -vis God, okay, will never have a problem in his life. You will see that person smiling, that person always loving, that person always rejoicing, that person living in peace and living to Jesus, for Jesus Christ. Live, live a life of love. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 and 17, we read, I want to read it to you. Do not love the world. This is love, do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. 
This is not from the Father, he says, but is from the world. And the world, he says, passes away, and also it's lost, but the one who does the will of God, what happens? He abides forever. That's the love that you and I are asked to live. Donald Barnhouse, a man of God, explains love in the fruit of the Spirit. So I understand that uh, uh, you were studying the fruit of the spirits. And you know these are wonderful fruits and they should be in every Christian. But we can show by exercising the fruit, the, uh, fruit of the Spirit, by exercising these fruits, we will show love to the whole world. And look what he says. Love is the key. Joy is love singing. Live a life of love. Peace is love resting. Long-suffering is love enduring. Kindness is love's touch. Goodness is love's character. Faithfulness is love's habit. And gentleness is love's self-forgetfulness. Self-control is love holding the reins. Live a life of love. Show the world. Let the world see the fruit of the Spirit all in us. That's the life of love. And what is the incentive of all this? The answer is, is in two, three words. The wonderful fact that God loved us first. Beloved, he says, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Folks, love never fails. True love never gives up. And we can prove the world, the world, that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. If we go and love each person and do our best, to bring this person to the love of Christ. Then we can show the world the fruit of the Spirit. So to sum it up, one, realize your relationship to Christ. Two, live each moment by faith. Three, admit your dependence on Christ. And finally, live a life of love. And then you are more than conquerors through him who loved you. Amen? Let's bow our heads for prayer. If I'm speaking this morning, let's pray. If I'm speaking this morning to someone who has been defeated, whose life has no victory at all, and you know you are not enjoying the so-called Christian life that you are in, first, check your life. Are you, are you in the vine? Are your efforts outside the realm of Jesus Christ? Are you living by faith? And is your life a life that projects the love of Jesus Christ? Think about that. I'm talking to the church. I'm talking to any person who is here today. And if you say, I don't have it, well, may I invite you to, by faith, take the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. As a 
an unsaved person, say, Lord Jesus, I want to have this life that Abel spoke about. And I hereby would like, would love to be a part of the vine, to take you as my Savior. And if you have been walking with Christ and your life is dry, you are a defeated Christian, it's time to come back and place Jesus Christ first in your life. And if you want me to pray for you, lift up your hand. I'll pray for you. Amen. 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 If you want to come to the Lord Jesus Christ and ask him to be your savior, show me your hand and I'll pray for you. For the Lord to save you and give you that beautiful life. Christians, it's enough with a defeated life. Enough. We, we, we need the victory, and there is no other victory except in Christ. Our Father, we thank you for your kindness toward us all. For your voice that clearly is still calling us as children to live a life worthy of the gospel that we know. And you're still calling those unsaved, those who are still far away, to come to you. We pray for those hands that were lifted, that you give them victory. And uh, those who have not been saved, yet, Lord, we pray that they will not leave this place before giving you their life and then tasting the victory that they should have in you. We thank you for the opportunity. Bless this congregation. Be with us as we go to our abodes and protect us from the dangers of the road and help us to live a victorious life. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. The meeting is over. May God bless you. If you need to talk to me after the meeting, ask me questions, pray with me, I'm available. May God be with you.